0: it's so good to see you, uh, to chat with you once again. How are you doing?
1: Absolutely fine. Uh, good morning, Noreen, and thank you very much for having us again. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a very nice summer and, uh, yeah, excited to talk to you about it.
0: Yes, um, absolutely. I, I have to apologize to our listeners. You know, I, I, I mentioned uh, about Facebook Live earlier, but of course, as the technology gods will have it, uh, we're unable to connect. Um, although I, I'm still on the Zoom call with Manoj, so I can still see him. Um, but of course, we're also using the phone line uh, for, for, for better yeah. quality. So all channels of communication is open. Um, so perhaps l- let's back up a little bit for some of our listeners who may not be as familiar with your work. How did it all begin? And You know, what do you do at your learning centers?
1: So basically, we started uh, our uh, services or our education centers in January 2015. And we are basically catering to the underserved non-ethnic Chinese community children who are studying in the local schools. So in the local schools, unfortunately, there is a certain amount of exclusion which happens on the basis of the so-called native Chinese speaking ability of a child. And that obviously, because, you know, it's Chinese language is a core subject and as it should be in Hong Kong. Um, So that then kind of, you know, creates uh, regressive issues for the child's academic and educational development. And then, uh, you know, as as you grow further, you don't get into good schools and then that you don't get into good tertiary education. And then that leads to intergenerational poverty. And this is something which is very frequently and commonly uh, reported in Hong Kong. So our centers basically have been, uh, you know, unwavering in our commitment that children come into us every day, Monday to Friday, at least some even on Saturday to help them understand what happened in the school, especially if the school's uh, deliverables, academic deliverables are in Cantonese. And we help them understand what's going on, not because they can't or they don't want to, but because they haven't been given the equal learning opportunity. So obviously they don't develop very well in that. So that's what we've been doing, and we have now 280 kids, and uh, over our two centres, uh, the youngest kid we have is kindergarten two. And this year we had uh, four kids who finished DSC. and thankfully all are going into the universities in Hong Kong. Wow, so it's a, it's a wide range. It's a wide yeah. It's it's a wide range, and uh, yeah, and, and we are you know really really happy with how uh, the kids are blossoming. Uh, we had seven eight kids who were in primary school and who've gone into Band One secondary schools. So there's, uh, you know, there's there's uh, the kids give us so much hope and so much reassurance with their hard work and dedication.
0: Yeah. And I know also during COVID, we need to know that your centres remained open uh, to serve uh, the the children uh, as well. Did that make a really huge difference for their learning? Because we we often hear how challenging online education can be. How did your centre really facilitate that?
1: Yeah, so I think that is something which even the UNESCO reported, you know, in terms of educational poverty and learning gap, uh, it just massively deepened and widened uh, over the COVID years, especially when you're talking about the humbler segments of any society in any part of the planet. And it was no different here, you know, when people were talking about online learning and stuff like that. It's, It's not a given for lots of communities and it's not a given infrastructure that everybody has. So our commitment was what it has always been that uh, irrespective of rain, sunshine, thunderstorm, amber, yellow, green, whatever uh, it is, or for that matter, COVID, we kept our centers running and our staff were uh, fantastic. And as and when the children could come in or as and when their parents could come in, they would come in, they would use our infrastructure and facilities just to keep them in the discipline and just to keep them in the cycle that don't treat this as a prolonged two year holiday because life will keep running, school will keep happening. So if you don't at least try and stay, then it's, it's going to be too late and you'll know you spend literally the rest of your life as it is because of the language. Uh, the kids are spending a lot of time catching up. So this has obviously hurt uh, the socioeconomically marginalized community and more so the non-Chinese speaking one. But fortunately, in our case, uh, sure, we, we notice gaps in their learning, but by and large, uh, you know, touch wood, uh, the kids are doing well. The parents have been very, very disciplined in supporting them. The children themselves have been very conscious, because we we made we tried to make things as normal as possible even during COVID. Uh, and that was only possible because our staff were very good, our teachers were fantastic. So yeah.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And so let's turn to the summer then. We were chatting, and mm-hmm. I realize how many exciting summer programs uh, has been happening. Yeah. Um, is this an yeah. <laughs> is this the first summer you've been doing that, or has it been sort of uh, tried out previous summers? Tell us about the summer training programs that you've had on.
1: Yeah. So I think uh, what what which a uh, place where we are very, very different for us is one that we are not just a Chinese language learning uh, organization or not just an academic. So for us, a child deserves education. And when you talk about education, it's not just Chinese language learning and it's not just maths and it's not just maths in Chinese. So when we talk about education uh, and we've always had a summer uh, school and we've always had a winter school and we run throughout the year. So in this winter case, of course, the as summer- well? Oh, wow. Yeah, because, yeah, it's 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 not like the international schools where you have three weeks holidays because the local schools are very miserly on the winter holidays. It's just one week. Uh, And I guess that happens because they give more holidays during Chinese New Year. But uh, so, yes, during summer school, what we do is so we basically look at the academic well-being of the child then we look at the physical and mental well-being of the child. Now, from that perspective, we've had you know fantastic uh, supporters like uh, Hong Kong China Rugby and you know Rugby for Good. Uh, we have uh, Valley Foundation, we have Morgan Stanley, and they're all been involved through this summer, getting our kids out and getting them different sporting experiences. So, uh, for example, uh, you know on every session, on an average, we have eighty to a hundred kids who turn up and learn the basics of rugby, wow. and and it's not just learning. The sport, but it is also that the entire program is run in Cantonese. So while the child is playing and learning the so, but subconsciously they are picking up more and more words, and they are losing the fear and getting more acclimatized with the language. So it's a two-way split that happens there. And of course, uh, you know, you want the children to uh, be out and about and being able to play and stuff like that. So, so the physical and mental uh, well-being uh, aspect is one key part. Then, of course. We've had other partners who were focused on our secondary school kids. So, for example, uh, Bloomberg, they had our children over twice, uh, over a two-day workshop, just to basically elevate and widen their horizons. That, oh, you know, there's this organization, and how do you get into the organization? What do you need to pick up in school? And how do you get into the university to be able to get in this kind of organization? Similarly, uh, one day our kids were at uh, the Hong Kong International Airport, you know, exploring career opportunities there with the third third runway con- coming up. Then another day, you know, the Hong Kong Police Force, the Central Police Station, they were very nice. They called our kids over and the kids got the entire tour and experience and, okay, so if I wanted to take up this as my job, what would I need to do? So it's not that, uh, and, and simply uh, Hong Kong Metropolitan University did an mbot uh, activity with us. So it's not that you're trying to uh, definitely tell the children that this is what you should do but you at least have to give them uh something which broadens their horizons and and build their awareness and then of course uh, things develop the way they develop that's so right. so so that's that's been on the you know the academic and school side uh or, or from the career opportunities and the third part of our program has been about cultural and art immersion so, you know, our kids have uh, been fortunate enough to, uh, we've had one visit already with the at the Hong Kong Palace Museum just to appreciate Chinese art, Chinese culture. Uh, and they're going to go for another set of kids will go today sometime. And then we were over at uh, Hong Kong Lands Premises and to do dragon boat art uh, activities. And, and that just kind of creates the immersive environment that just helps them understand without the fear of, oh, hang on, now you've done this, now you have to give an exam. So so that's not really funny. But then this way you do it. And and like they went for an art workshop in M plus, uh, you know, thanks to Morgan Stanley. So the entire objective is to, you know, keep the children engaged and just help them develop various aspects and facets of their life. It's one thing to just constantly keep saying, which is what people find the easiest to do in life is to say, oh, you know, the kids are. Uh, not integrating they're not uh, learning and you know they're sitting at home and they're becoming overweight or they're they're developing myopia and all that kind of stuff but it's better to actually provide them the opportunities which they don't have and then all these things are not going to be a challenge so that's that's what i meant when i said that you know we are more educational oriented and not just core academic or language learning
0: when you bring the children out, what are some of their reactions, for example? Because it's really... Oh,
1: it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Sorry, go on. It's, it's fantastic, Noreen. I mean, you, you, you come into any one of the sports sectors and, and a lot of the adults who are there, they're, everybody's hiding in the shade. Oh, it's so hot. It's so this. It's so that. But the kids are kids. Just the sheer joy of running into an open pitch and just the sheer joy of having to spend some time with their friends and run around and... You know, play tag or interact with different kind of people, uh, make friends with uh, people from all walks of life who they normally wouldn't get to know, uh, socialize with people for that matter. It's it's absolute pure heaven. So it's it's literally, uh, and and that's why it's uh, so. So once or twice, funnily enough, since you mentioned this, so once or twice, one of our sessions got cancelled because of the rain, and. Believe it or not, the parents with the kids were here. Oh, but what happened? I thought today we were going for rugby. Yeah, but you know it's it's train black, black rainstorm, so we can't do that. But we will reorganize it for you. So it's it's reached a stage where it's instinctively, you know, I really want to do this. I really want to go. So uh, so from their side, it's it's fantastic. It's it's that's that's the thing. You you give people, especially the children, the opportunity. Uh, of course, they are going to take it. And of course, they are going to be very respectful and enjoy it.
0: And I think that goes for all kids as well. I think, I think, um, I think kids in Hong Kong in general spend too much time indoors because they're so busy with schoolwork. Yes. I think yes. the United Nations. Um, I, I once watched a TED talk or, or a talk by Ken Robinson, Sir Ken Robinson, and he talked about how the United Nations suggested that inmates spend 2 hours a day at least outdoors. I don't think our children in Hong Kong <laughs> get 2 hours a, a day. So it's just so
1: important yeah, and it's, it helps them learn yeah, better.
0: It really does. Yeah. Once
1: No, no, it does. I mean uh, you 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 see the uh, variety of uh, programs that and and we are very fortunate that way that you know the various corporates and all who engage with us, they appreciate what we are trying to do. So you under, you you can sense the amount of learning the child gets by Getting onto the bus, keeping the time discipline, going to the Hong Kong Palace Museum, going to the Hong Kong International Airport, or you know, going for rugby, or going for a sports leadership course, or going to Hong Kong Metropolitan University. The amount of learning that you get, as opposed to being cooped up inside hundred square feet of what is, uh, which uh, can be dignified as their apartment or whatever. Uh, so, so there's constant learning. There is constant experiential learning. Exactly. So and that's fantastic. so
0: vital. It's incredible that you yes. know, they're learning outside of the classroom as well to, to look after themselves and, and to time keep and, and everything that Absolutely. you've listed. Um, just looking at the time, we've we've got about three and a half minutes before the news. Um, let's talk about uh, what's in the pipeline then, Manoj. I know that co- you're constantly, uh, you know, handling lots of projects. Um, what have you got in the future? What can you share with our listeners?
1: So, yeah, so we've been working on this uh, kindergarten school project for the last two years, you know, trying to engage various segments of the community, and we are still continuing to do that because it requires a certain bit of funding and everything. So the kindergarten project, uh, the kindergarten school, mainstream uh, kindergarten school, uh, we have a premises in Yochimong district, basically, Choi. And we have now started to build on it. And the entire philosophy of this is being an inclusive school, which is what school should be in the first place. So it's going to serve the underserved communities, uh, predominantly the non-Chinese, but also the Chinese children. The aim and the objective is that to keep one single high level of Chinese language learning and English language learning. You know, Noreen, from the time we spoke, the last time where people were busy and perhaps still are busy pushing easier Chinese curriculum and all that kind of thing, now it's not even bilingual. Now the push, even at kindergarten level, is trilingual. That's really so hard. you imagine that, so the you imagine the expectation and the benchmark and everything is going up. And you can't keep doing this multi-layer, multi-dimensional and just undermining the child's ability to develop and pick on languages. So that's that's the entire objective, just to keep a simple, uniform environment. And we hope to have the construction ready in another two, three months. Then, of course, you know we have to go through our EDB registrations. Eventually, in a perfect world, we should be able to educate one hundred and eighty kids uh, mm. on a daily basis in that school. Um, so, yeah, so so that's that's one big project, and yeah, that's that's something uh, you know we are that's kind of turning project. our That's a huge project. Wow, yeah, <that's>
0: incredible.
1: <laughs> turning our hair gray over, <laughs> and and yeah, you know, just just trying to engage people, but because uh, while yes, you know, Hong Kong is a fantastically supportive and philanthropic. Uh, society but i think to a large extent people still don't uh necessarily correlate that the reason why poverty happens is because there is inequality in the education system and by default the only way you can deal with poverty is if there is equality in the education system and and education is the only way out of it so so that that sometimes uh is a bit daunting for a lot of people because they think, Oh, it's a long haul and it's 15 years and all that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we are, we are pretty hell bent on it. And, uh, we, we, we know by personal experience and our learning that this is the only correct way forward.
0: Yeah, manager. I always feel super uplifted after speaking to you because I know that you and your team are always doing so much good for our community. And you're absolutely right. I think a lot of the times we forget that, you know, each child. Some children get a head start in life, but each child really should deserve that equality to education because it is really through education that we are lifted uh, out of poverty and and given opportunities that uh, are not necessarily uh, given to us uh, later on in life. So thank you so much uh, to the great work you. and your team are doing remind our listeners how can we support you and your work are you on social media and what's your website
1: yeah our website is iblhk.org. so I think uh, that would be simple enough otherwise you know our our centers are open six days a week uh, all throughout the year please feel free to drop in for a conversation and uh, and yeah we we, we really hope that more and more people would uh, correlate and connect with children and education and the equal opportunity to get children educated.
0: Yes, that's right. And I'll never forget the thing that you you told me in previous conversations um, that, you know, it's easy to say, oh, that that child is from a non-Chinese speaking family. So automatically their Chinese isn't good, but the onus shouldn't be on the child. The onus should be on the education and the educators have a responsibility. (laughs) Fantastic. And I look forward to having more chats with you next time. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Thank you. And now a quick look